You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Well, welcome to our teaching on the Storehouse Blessing. This is the third episode. Our text for this series is Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Let's look at it. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. It is not an evil thing for you to have plenty. It's not an evil thing for you to have some overflow. The important thing is that you always remember to put God first. And that's what the scriptures teach. Now, the second storehouse in our study, it's found in Deuteronomy 28, verse 8. It, I will call the intermediate use storehouse. And I've called it different things in earlier teachings, but the more I've studied this, I've come to these definitions. And they're, they're not arbitrary, but they help us to understand the nature of these storehouses. Deuteronomy 28.8, The Lord shall command the blessing on thee in thy storehouses. Now this is not the same word that was found in verse 5. Blessed shall you be in your basket and in your store. That is literally kneading trough. Kneading trough is something you could carry with you. This one you couldn't carry with you. It is a barn. So the Lord shall command the blessing upon you in your storehouses or in your barns. Now Abraham didn't have barns. He carried his wealth with him in a traveling mode. He had tents. He would have had bags of silver and gold that were carried on donkeys, perhaps, or camels when they moved from one spot to another. Abraham had to move often to find pasturage for his flocks and herds, but that's really where his wealth lay. It lay in his livestock. So he was different in the way that he utilized the land of Canaan. God never said to him, this is a land that flows with milk and honey. It, for Abraham was a land that flowed only with milk. But once the children of Israel came back into the land of Canaan from the land of Egypt, they would need storehouses. In fact, it was a storehouse idea that Joseph utilized to save not only Egypt, but the children of Israel as well during the seven years of famine. So storehouses are not evil. A lot of people think that anything with plenty is evil. It is not. And we're going to take a look at the scriptures and we're going to see the different ways that God used all three kinds of storehouses. Now, this is a longer term savings holder and it is easily capable of attracting your trust away from God. Now, people would have to be pretty goofed up to be lured away by just whatever money they could carry in their wallet. But when you have significant amounts of money that are in storage someplace, say in a safety deposit box or in bank accounts, it's easy to put your trust in that money. That's where it becomes a problem. In itself, 
The money or the storage is not evil. It's how you relate to that money, what your attitude is toward it. If it becomes an end for you, as opposed to the means to an end, then it is a problem. And here's a man where it became the end. He didn't use it as a means to a greater end. It was the end for him. Luke 12, verse 16. Then Jesus spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. Now that's the blessing of God. That is the blessing of God, that things be plentiful. That in itself was not evil. But it's how this man responded to the plentiful harvest that was evil. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? And as I get into this parable, I want you to start thinking about the personal pronouns that this man uses in his self-talk. He thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool. This night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Now, Jesus was not against laying up treasure for yourself. He was against laying up treasure for yourself only in the wrong place. And that's what he warned the people about in the Sermon on the Mount. This man laid up treasure so much so that instead of ever thinking about being generous toward other people, he didn't have room in his treasure barns and his storehouses for the the things that he needed to store. He could have given that away. He could have used that to be a blessing to other people. In fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, when the Bible talks about the plenty that would come on the children of Israel due to this blessing, God said to them, you will lend unto many nations and you will not borrow. In other words, God said, you're going to be a blessing to others. That's the whole aim, is so that Israel could be a blessing to the whole earth. That's what he wanted to do. This man was to be a blessing to those that were around him. But there are 13 personal pronouns in his self-talk. 13, according to Scripture, is always associated with rebellion. It is the number of rebellion. So he is called a fool because he never factored God into any of his financial decisions. And that's what a fool is. A fool is a person who does not factor God into any of his decisions, not just financial You can be a fool in many ways, and it all happens when you do not factor God into your decisions. Now, I had poor relatives, and I had some rich relatives. The rich relatives were not always rich, but they had ranches, 
And in the beginning, they did not make a lot of money. Their cattle operation, cow-calf operation, was not a huge success. But because oil and gas came to their area, they began to get a little bit of money in oil and gas royalties. And they became a little bit more prosperous as a result. We had mutual relatives who were very jealous of that. And I remember going to the home of a mutual relative. They were not wealthy. They were very poor. But they continued to talk the whole time about our wealthier relatives. And the wife said it, if she said it once, she said it 25 times. I sure wish I had me some of those oil and gas wells. I sure wish I had me some of those oil and gas wells. We couldn't talk for her talking about how she wishes she had oil and gas wells. Now listen, I never said that one time. Never even thought about it. I thought, you know, the Lord supplies my needs, and I didn't get any royalties off oil and gas wells, but God supplied my needs. I'm looking to the Lord, not looking with envy at someone who has what I wish I had. What I want you to see is that you don't have to be rich to be a fool. You can be a fool and be dirt poor. This lady was dirt poor, and yet she was foolish about all things related to money because she was envious. Now, I want you to look at the difference in this man, Cornelius. Cornelius was a man who believed in putting treasure in heaven. I don't even know that he realized he was laying up treasure in heaven, but he was motivated to bless his fellow man. So here it is, Acts chapter 10, verses 1, 2, 3, and 4. There was a certain man in Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household. He wasn't even Jewish. He lived in Israel in Caesarea, but he was an Italian. He was stationed there in the Roman army. But somewhere along the way, he developed a heartfelt belief in the God of Israel. And this is how he showed it. He gave alms generously to the people. Now, alms are not something that you give to support the church. That's a tithe or an offering. Alms is something you give directly to the poor. You don't do it publicly. You do it behind the scenes so as to preserve the dignity of the person who's receiving it. The Pharisees used to love to blow trumpets and call attention to their almsgiving to the poor in the streets. They totally destroyed the dignity of the people they were giving to. Jesus said that's the only reward they're going to have. So when you're giving money to someone in need, you do that privately, and you do not let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. That's what Jesus taught. But on the other hand, when we're giving to build a church or some big missions project, it's not wrong to make a pledge that other people know about. There's nothing wrong with that at all. In fact, sometimes that kind of giving spurs others to, to, to copy and to do the same thing. Now, you don't want to do it just to be seen of people, and if you know you have a problem with that, then don't let anybody know what you're doing. But almsgiving is the type of giving that really is to be done totally in private at all times. Now, 
He gave alms generously to the people. He prayed to God always. And about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid. And he said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now, Cornelius was a man who had needs. Or, or, I mean, means. He had a storehouse. He had enough money that he could give to others out of his supply. He wasn't giving away his last meal. He had plenty as a Roman officer. Here's my point. It wasn't the fact that he had storehouses or had enough to bless others that uh, that uh, uh, w- w- would have been wrong. It wasn't wrong for Cornelius to have that. It's how he used it that made it all right. Now, the man who was the fool, who had the barns and never considered other people, it wasn't that the storehouses themselves were wrong. It's how he used them. And so you need to understand when it comes to money, it's what is your end. If money is a means to an end to bless people, then it's a good thing. But if it becomes the aim and the goal and the pursuit of your life, then it becomes a stumbling block. The intermediate use storehouse can be a blessing or it can be a curse. And it all depends on how you utilize it. We'll pick up here tomorrow. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.